welcome to the podcast. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepreneurs, a podcast by two gay idiots navigating owning and operating their own businesses in the midst of end stage capitalism. Hello and welcome. Hello, welcome back to the podcast today. Hi, hi. We have a, we have a guest with us. Hi. Hello, hello, Tiffany. Of disaster uh, room magic. Yes, we will. Uh, yes, we will dive into more of the disaster girl magic of it all um, in a bit. But we kind of just wanted to do a check-in vibe check because a lot has changed in the last week. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, Anna, take it away. Oh God, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I don't even, <laughs> listeners. If you're listening to this podcast, then. I mean, I feel like you probably have a softer heart for me, so just just yeah. try to keep your judgments, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was planning on spending the next three months in France, um, but you know what? Sky Daddy said no. I don't know where my passport is. Nothing was lining up, and honestly, all it took was me pulling the hermit card three times in a row, so I am staying <laughs> Stay down. <laughs> yep. um, and that's really all there is. Stay put. I feel great. I was. I had a hard yeah. conversation yesterday, but uh, now I'm feeling very grounded, which I'm. I'm really excited for. So I'm gonna be staying here until probably a few months at least. I'm enjoying it. So yeah, I think it's a. It's a good. Um, I don't know. It felt, I know from our talks, it felt kind of like you kept trying to, like, force things to line up and happen. And I think at a certain point, like, you just run into too many, like, dead ends or brick walls. And you're like, maybe this isn't supposed to be. Maybe I'm not supposed to be. Try It shouldn't be this hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Well, it's the year of surrender, right? So um, It is. I've, I've just had the inkling to hermit uh, for a while since December, since we started talking about it. And I think it's a longer mm-hmm. thing for me. I really think it's like a six month thing. And I tried to be like, no, no, no. And then it was just, you yeah, need you to, tried like, to be like, ground. I'm just going to do, yeah. I'm just going to do a month of, of being kind of alone. And then the universe was like, not enough. Yeah. Not enough girl. Time to suffer, bitch. Yeah. No, actually I'm having a yeah. great time. I love to be alone. So what's up with you, Kayleen? Um, I am gearing up for Mardi Gras. Is what I'm doing. It is. Uh, You're glowing. You have a Mardi Gras glow. <laughs> the Mardi Gras glow. Um, yeah. To, uh, this is like my last like big week of on-site event work, um, and then I pretty much go just like very light duty for the month of February because the city kind of just like focuses all its energy on Mardi Gras festivities and it's my favorite time of year and we didn't get to have one last year. Um, Tell us about the Lantern Parade. Oh yeah, I went to my first parade of the season on Sunday, which um, in true New Orleans fashion, like I was like, oh, this is a nature is healing moment um, because I found out about the parade five hours before it started um, and had to like improvise a costume and the directions were texted to me, and they had clearly been like written on the back of a coaster. Yeah, like it was very much like a weird like word of mouth parade, and it was great. It was like at night in uh, City Park, which is a big park here, um, and everybody had like some kind of 
illuminated element to their costume. So I had like my headdress on that had twinkle lights and I carried a candle and other people had like um, lanterns from like a traditional like carrying lanterns to like big like puppet kind of situations. And it was just like, yeah, it felt really good. It reminded me of that, uh, the witches parade on a much smaller scale that we went, that we did the last time you were There's here something for so powerful about the walking parades, also with like the lanterns and the candles. I did one for Day of the Dead years ago, and I don't even uh-huh. think they do it anymore, but it was so sovereign, I feel like. Just yeah. everybody walking with a light. Yeah. And, it, and we had, and yeah. you know, we had uh, a lot of like brass musicians mm. too, and like, God bless. um, just some really beautiful music and just like togetherness, and it was like a feeling I haven't had in a really long time, and really very much what I miss about like what makes me you're homesick glowing. for my own city. Oh, <laughs> it's my sunscreen. I know. No, I can, I can just feel it though. Like I can tell that like your soul. Yeah. The first really big parade uh, is this weekend, so I'm really excited. It's the Chewbacca one, which is the parade for nerds. Um, it's like the Star Wars, Star Wars sci-fi nerd parade, and I'm, and it rolls very close to my house, so I'm just really excited to kind of hit the streets and get that good feeling again. Hell yeah! And then, and also, I'm just kind of taking February like very light duty, dumb work, only dumb, only dumb light work, and kind of like letting this be like a soul restoration mm-hmm. period good but yeah what's up with you today yeah yeah well first i just want to say thank you for calling me in and inviting me on this podcast yeah. this is really exciting um i guess i'm a queerpreneur in some ways as yeah. well too <laughs> um i'm feeling really great today i'm feeling really good. positive um I did something yesterday that was like a little anxiety producing for me. So I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I've been in my building for over 12 years. And um, can't let can't let good shit go easily. Golden handcuffs, (laughs) honey. uh, Rent stabilized. I know. I was just like, I was like, tell me you have rent control without telling me you have rent control. (laughs) There is a difference between rent control and And rent rent stabilized. stabilized. So I'm rent stabilized and it's beautiful. It's glorious. And I'm like low-key neighbor of, like low-key mayor of my block in some ways. I know all the guys, the Dominican barber shop downstairs, they don't speak English, but we have a deep relationship somehow still. So, um, you know, I've been learning a lot about disaster prepping, self-reliance, reliability, community organizing, and I had to sort of walk the walk a little bit yesterday, so, um, and practice what I preach. So yesterday I wrote everybody in my building a letter. Mm. Which is a little anxiety producing for me. It's kind of like New York. It's like, should you have, you know, should you close your door if you feel like your neighbor is walking by your door and you're about to leave? Like, like, how do you handle, you know, Mm -hmm. community and neighbors and stuff like that? So I wrote these letters and like I felt like a criminal when I was (laughs) putting these little handwritten letters under everyone's door. And then I just had to wait and I just had to like. Every time I hear like steps going past my door, they know it's me because I said, it's me, Tiffany from 2R. (laughs) So I'm like, what do they think of me? I know they're all talking about me. (laughs) And this morning, one person responded. And so that's all I need. That's all I need. I need just one more person. You were were seen. 
you're seeing one person. One person. So that's great. Hopefully, if things work out, I'm gonna try to like arrange drinks with my building, and then we could be more community like. Cultivating, cultivating like a good neighborhood community vibe is so important. And maybe we can talk about this when we get into your like main thing about how that is involved with like disaster prep and responsiveness. Because I, I have some, some uh, I had some wake up calls about like how little I know my neighbors mm. in the wake of a disaster. Mm. Uh, and it's something I've consciously been trying to change. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. I think probably most of the people in my building are alone just by like the space yeah. of the, the, the large studios that we live in. And I don't know, maybe people need people. Mm. Yeah, we do. Ooh, I feel like this really is setting the tone for our tarot time. What are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Something like. All right. Tiffany, are you a tarot person at all? Do you are you familiar with tarot at all? I want to go okay. in deep into the occult as it will allow me without ah, right. any retribution. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, I think tarot is a really beautiful way of um, it's a perspective tool above all, I think. Yeah. And it can give you all kinds of gr- it. Most of the time is just going to give you permission for a thing you already feel. Yes. Or no, mm-hmm. which I love. All right. So this is going to be coming out uh, mid-February. So what does the collective, what do us and the collective need? Oh, that one just kind of popped out. Uh, that means something, right? When it pops out? Maybe. <laughs> Get back in there. Um, okay, so I have here the Seven of Wands, which is really interesting because I feel like that's a huge juxtaposition to what we were just talking about. That's the magic and Disaster Girl so. magic. Huh? Is that the magic yeah, well, and Disaster Girl magic? Yes. It is, because this is the seven of wands. Whenever I pull the seven of wands, I it's a reminder that, like, I have my own back. Mm. When I'm backed into a corner, Mm. I know that I will be okay because at least I'm on my side. Yes. You know, so this is like a guy who's like king of the hill. You can see that there are other like weapons kind of off, like people holding like sticks and attack, like coming at him from the bottom, but he's on top. Yeah. And he's like, in, in another deck I have, this is like a single wand like lit up in the darkness mm. as everything else falls away. It is like, it is the, it is the ultimate reminder that like, you have you are strong enough to like yes you as an individual i'm gonna cry um, right (laughs) like (laughs) um you have everything you need um and you need to like trust that when shit hits the fan and you're backed into a corner you you have your own back you have that whenever everything you need yeah yeah, you have everything you need this and, and it's about it's about figuring out how to like be independent and how to stand on your own two feet. Yeah. And yeah, I've had this card be my card of the year more than once, like two years in a row, oh. where it was just like, okay, I guess I didn't learn that enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like very much about like the journey of like, of knowing that, uh, that you've got, that you are, you are your own best advocate. Yeah. You're your own best advocate. And sometimes your own, you know, worst opponent. And you have right. to balance those things. 
Yeah, your own warrior. Mm-hmm. Anna, do you have any attachments to Seven of Wands? Not any attachments, but I think it's also very, like, uh, in the card, right? It's like all these things are, like, coming against you, and you're coming out. And you're kind of like a yeah. lighthouse, right? You're rising above. Yeah, yeah. it's just, like, kind of making, forging your own way, almost. And then it's yeah. just, like, if you want to come with your wand, you can, but, like, I'm doing this. So. Yeah, not getting dragged dragged down into the melee like chaos mm-hmm. of, it, of of the of all of that. So yeah, it's a great card. Um, you know, as much as community is very important, but I think you can only be a like a positive member of a community if you are like if you know who you are. But I also think this is an interesting story in uh, yeah. the Eight of Cups last week, which is all uh-huh. about moving on. And I think, yeah. like, the seven of wands, it's kind of, it's it's a seven, and then it's also, like, we're moving on, and we're doing this, and we're going to hit conflict, but, like, we know what we're stepping away from and stepping into. And, like, yeah, it's not always an easy transition. And I think it's yeah. dishonest to tell yourself that it will be sometimes. Um, yeah. Cool. Hmm. At the end of the day, like, you just got to... You just got to trust in yourself. I'm so happy we pulled that card. I, I love yeah. this whole conversation. I... I love what it means for me, you know, you you can't have resilience without first that trauma or that journey, you know, and that's the truth. That's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that is, uh, yeah. Anna says that with every traumatic event, I get funnier. She does. (laughs) She gets so funny whenever, like everybody else is in crisis and Kayleen is just, her jokes are a certain level of dark that are just, it just hits, it's seared. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that leads us right. to our main dish. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so this, so this I, guest, I feel really stoked about because at the beginning of the season, Kayleen and I made a list of kind of wild wild dream what guests. would be what be dream types of people to talk to like who's on like what <laughs> kind what kinds of perspectives do we want on this show based on the themes that we talk about that have been keep coming up and all of and that and then we wrote and i feel wrote like it down we, on the list and then i swear like two or three days later i come across tiffany's tiktok and it's disaster girl magic and my jaw was just like oh my god are you serious because we we just wanted somebody who could talk Disaster preparedness from a queer lens, from a city lens, from a um, community support lens, mutual aid. Yes. And I'll, Tiffany, I'll let you dive more into it and tell us about Disaster Girl Magic. I also want to caveat and say the people I've talked to about this episode, this people are so stoked for this. I think. What? Yeah. People are <laughs> yeah. really like. When we talk about when we've been like, oh, we're interviewing like an astrologer and uh and like a, a disaster prepper and uh, and like a, a Broadway guy and everyone's like the prepper yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's so much mythology and mytho poetry right. around disaster prepping not all of it good yeah. but there's a right. lot in place already to sort of like drum up people's excitement yes um 
It also well, makes yeah. a lot of people very uncomfortable. Yeah. It really oh, yeah. does. Like I get some comments like, how dare you stoke fears and, and stuff like that. And it's because it's uncomfortable to think that mm-hmm. if you've done everything right in life, mm-hmm. you're not safe. Mm. You're not yeah. exempt mm. from right. falling below the poverty line or, or not having, you know, yeah. food security and stuff like that. So well, it can. Would you, would you uh, go ahead and kind of talk a little bit about like your origin story, as it were, like how you came into how this became an interest for you and like a little bit about you just in general as a person? Um, yeah. that you think might be relevant. You know, you I'll, I'll, I'll round it out and I'll, I'll keep it quite yeah. brief. But, okay. um, you know, first of all, I'm Jamaican. And culturally, there are a culture of planners. You know, this the country has been wiped away by hurricanes many times before and after I was born. Um, and so it's a bunch of people who give out advice and try to avoid the worst. So Jamaican Patois, we have um, like all of these sayings, there's hundreds of them, and it's sort of like passed down wisdom to prepare for the worst, you know, or life stuff or even morality, like you can't catch Jack, you catch him shirt. And so we already have this language of giving each other preparedness tips from a cultural perspective. I was born in America, but my parents were both from Jamaica and met at a party in New York. And then, unfortunately, I have to say, I lived a life with a lot of trauma. And I had to develop a unique kind of resilience. And once you pair that with being a natural performer, my resilience is something I want to perform for other people to inspire them to become more resilient in themselves. And so yeah. it's it's all of these different parts of me. You know, I am a, I was a kidnapping victim. I um, also suffered from uh, aggravated stalking that lasted four years. And so I've been in some life or death situations. In fact, the only time I've ever used a bug out bag was to escape my stalker and I had it packed. And so my application of it has been kind of unusual and off label, but I also um, yearn, yearn for like a deeper connection with the earth and my surroundings and understanding what are the tensities on my mortal coil that I can refine and reflect on and share with others. Yeah. So it's it's just a very specific set of circumstances. One being a person who wants to entertain and talk to people um, and produce content. And Disaster Girl was born um, actually probably just November, like probably about November 1st of 2021, um, where I was just like I had a click and it was a talk to my mom and I was like, all of these things in my life, my obsession with hiking and preparedness and what is FEMA doing? I'm I'm reading FEMA transcripts all the time. Um, I guess I'm a disaster prepper. And I just had that like realization November 1st, a couple months ago. And so I started, I was like, let me try making some content about that because I was trying to make content before. I was like funny stuff, memes, trends, um, but it didn't feel authentic. So I made one post about what I'm doing to disaster prep and it kind of blew up a little bit. So um, I just kept going. And now there are people who are fans. I'm having conversations. Um, I'm trying to have like 
IRL connections through this. There's a girl who's like, would you like to come mushroom foraging with me? And I'm like, hell yes. A bunch of sexy black girls, a bunch of sexy (laughs) black girls want me to go mushroom foraging with them. Just yes, yes, I'm there. What a dream. What a cottage core dream. What a cottage core dream. What a dream. I'm going, yes. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's such an interesting, I think kind of like what we were saying before is like, one of the things that I think has happened since the pandemic is a lot of people have had the veil kind of yeah. like the the curtain has been ripped away. And we all many people, I think, are realizing just how close they are to like having having the rug completely ripped out from under them to or to just like complete like having nothing and reevaluate yeah. the and, uh, the terms of safety and what that means. And like, I feel yeah. like a lot of people were like, I'm safe. I it, like be safe. Like you said, right? I'm, and then you're just like, no, it's fucking not. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, people who've, um, in their opinion, and made all the right choices. But all those of us who've made all the right choices are still like, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, two missed paychecks away from complete poverty. Like, yeah. Uh, it's so. It's such a like. It's such a fragile thing, and I think a lot of a lot of people have had kind of an awakening to it, but it is like very uncomfortable to talk about um, because the, the planet is dying. <laughs> like, and it's, it's just, it's happening like rapidly. I, I mean, um, my perspective on that is the planet's going to be fine. It's us who are in yeah. danger because we are such babies. We're only comfortable with conditions between this and this. And it's a very it's small margin. So yeah. we have some choices to make. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, Anna and I play a game of, um, would you be a city pirate or a, a berry gatherer? <laughs> and, time, and people are either pay, people fit into one category or another. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's so like, um, like from my perspective, I have, I living in the Gulf South mm-hmm. for a, quite a while, um, have been through multiple hurricanes, yeah. including Hurricane Ida this past fall, where I had wow. no power, no power for ten days, <sighs> um, running water. But um, we were on like a like a wastewater advisory, so you could like have to had to be very careful with like gray water and like yeah. flushing the toilet too much, and you know trash didn't get picked up for over a month, and I didn't have internet for almost a month, and mm-hmm. just like. Uh, it's real it's here like and and i that was even though i've lived in hurricane in hurricane areas and i've been through hurricanes that was probably the most eye-opening experience for me because it's never been i'm it was never that it's never been that extreme of an experience it was really interesting to see how like what i thought i would need in those circumstances differed from what I actually came out thinking, like mm. realizing, like, oh, this is what I need to stock my kit and, with. And I would like to hear more about that and congratulate you for getting through this terrible situation and coming out funnier, yeah. braver, and smarter. <laughs> yeah. I would say that, like, I mean, the biggest asset is mutual aid. Like, I don't think I would have really gotten through it. And I don't think a lot of people would have gotten through it as well if it weren't for community, Um, which New Orleans has that network. We've 
we've, you know, we, uh, New Orleans as a city has been, you know, neglected by the government for a very long time yes. and has realized, realized a long time ago that they have to, that we have to rely on ourselves. And then, um, when the pandemic first kicked off, there was a huge, like, rise in mutual aid networks here that really, I think, set the ground for when the hurricane hit. There were already those connections in place. So, I don't know. I thought I, um, what I realized, like, I had, you know, like, uh, a camp stove and I had, like, all this stuff. I realized that if there's no power in August and September, I don't want hot food. Yeah. I don't want to eat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, the priorities were ice and gas and, like, um, I think, I think, and, like, ensure type drinks, like, stuff that where you could just, like, this is just calories. Pop it down. Yeah, pop and it down. And just keep, it's yeah. The, it's the uh, end times and everybody's drinking Soylent Green. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, and um, honestly, the biggest quality of life changer for me was uh, when someone brought me a battery operated fan. Wow. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I could sleep. Yeah. I could sleep, you know, um, without air conditioning. People need to be comfortable. I have sort of yeah. divided the categories for me and how I look at stuff and how I break stuff down into like four categories that we need to focus on for resilience. And I'm going to say them in order of priority. One is okay. water. Everybody needs water. That's so important. That's the first category. Yeah. That's the first step. Um, two is food. But not just for nourishment, because let's be real, most Americans could go three weeks without food if they right. had enough water. Um, food is emotional. We need things yeah. that we're comfortable with, that have ease of preparation, that can bring people together to commune around. So our connection with Americans to food should be emotional and how we approach yeah. it. We want things that are actually delicious. This is the easiest way to like give us happy brain chemicals and keep our mood and morale up so we don't make stupid decisions in a rough situation. Yeah, one of my highlights of most nights was going to, you know, there was a pretty, uh, after like a day or two, there's a pretty good network of like generator houses. Yeah. And uh, for dinner every night before curfew would hit, going to visit one of those because inevitably there would be like some kind of potluck or... Yes basically block party happening of people just like feeding each other yeah and that was like yeah and then for my comfort food i went i ate a lot of doritos love it <laughs> like, cool. i was like this is comfortable and salty and uh and i can and not hot and it's like this is what's gonna get with me doritos through. everyone falls into two categories are you regular nacho flavor or are you cool ranch my pre I will eat I will eat a lot of Dorito, but Cool Ranch is my is my I'm favorite. a Cool Ranch girl all the way. I will yeah. say I will say though that the uh third flavor no one talks about Doritos. They have like uh -huh. a sweet and tangy one. I don't know exactly yes. what it is. That's the only vegan Dorito. So oh, well, I'm not vegan, my, but if you are, that's where you go. When I told a friend who was like coming, who had evacuated and was coming in with supplies, I was like, I want Gatorade and Doritos. Yes. And she brought me a bag of each flavor. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Good friend. What is that third flavor again? It's like chili something. Sweet chili. I, sweet chili. Sweet chili, yeah. I feel like is. It's great. Never tried it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but All yeah. right. So we got so that was, we got food for sustenance and also yeah. emotional support. Water, food. Yeah. Okay. What are the okay? Next so things? three is we have like little baby, oh, like weak bodies. Protection from exposure and elements. So temperature yeah. stuff, 
You have to have a fan. You have to have a way to cool yourself. Um, you have to have, everybody should have Mylar blankets. I have one right here. You can see me on camera. Um, that can preserve 90% of your body heat. If your power goes out in your apartment in winter, uh. it's much easier to conserve heat than it is to heat your apartment. Um, so protection, that also includes bug spray, you know, things against pestilence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so just exposure from elements. And then the fourth thing is actually spirit and community. So yep. you're not going to live if you don't have a reason to live and people to live with and for. Yeah. Because it takes yeah. grit. And we increase grit when we're together because we're herd animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community is like what got me through. Like uh, knowing that I had people on the outside who cared about me and were looking out for me. And like there was a few days like right after the hurricane where I had like the only thing I could do was get text messages. I couldn't make phone calls. I couldn't get data. And I had people that were just feeding me news. Yeah. Like who were like uh, who just were, you know, who were tuned into things and were like keeping me updated. But honestly, the mo one of the best things was like finding a mission each day which like I paired up with a friend of mine who normally as her day job like cleans houses so she had keys to a lot of people's places who uh, left town and didn't think that they weren't going to be able to come back mm. for a week or more so we were cleaning refrigerators what? we were like we were cleaning out people's fridges so they wouldn't have to come home to like a an unusable fridge we were like uh that's beautiful uh, doing well doing wellness checks on people taking pictures of the damage to people's houses so they could get their fema claims in it. like it was but you had to stay busy because otherwise it was just hot and miserable and you i would have gone crazy like you just kind of you got to connect to other people and get out yeah um well just yeah. on my perspective of like seeing kayleen go through that and being worried and then i saw a photo of you and that friend and y'all had both shaved your heads. And I was just like, I was like, is she living her best life right now? I literally, that's what I thought. And then I saw another photo of somebody braid, like French braiding your mohawk. And I was just like, she seems like thriving sounds strange word to say, but like she's really like suiting the apocalypse well. And it was just like those moments with other people, like something about the hair too, of just like the transformation yeah. that I just felt like good. I felt really good seeing yeah. you in that light. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, anyway, that's like my own personal experience, but I like, because I was like very excited to hear you come out. I was like, I just just the uh, the juxtaposition of like what and how you prep for different regions mm -hmm. too because like what I need in New Orleans is probably very different than what you need in New York very. to yeah um, and which is very different than what someone might need in the Midwest exactly so if you look into prepping as I have <laughs> mm -hmm. you will find pretty much the entire community is like rural um, conservative uh, hyper individualistic and I think that disaster prepping needs diversity. So I'm here to give yeah. a different perspective. I'm talking to different kinds of people. And I'm saying, what does a more communal sort of city girl version of this look like? Like, we want to live too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, I, I yeah. have a question. It's actually interesting. Uh, so when you were first talking, you brought up uh, reading FEMA transcripts. And yes. we have a friend, we have a, a friend of the pod and she, 
uh, is getting her like English PhD. So she works with kind of like these out, out there authors, if you will. And one of the books that she, I mean, told her that you were coming on and she was like, oh my gosh, uh, she talked about, so this woman writes speculative fiction based off of FEMA transcripts. Mm. Okay. And so you brought on what? Yeah, you you brought up the FEMA transcripts, and I kind of want to talk about uh, some of the weird shit that's in there because for us laymen's, I don't know. Um, Let's shout out who this FEMA fanfic girl is. First of all, what is her name? Let's see. It's in the text. I am so okay. excited. I hope when I read fan fiction, it's usually sexy. I hope there are sexy moments in there too. <laughs> if it's if it's speculative fiction, it's probably uh, it's probably published. I I'm it very no, excited. It's in, the, it's in the group yeah. chat. We'll link it in the show notes, and once I find it, I'll shout it out. Yeah, I just wanted to say. Okay, so for our listeners, maybe folks who haven't who may have accepted the fact that disaster prepping is probably something they should have a plan for, but maybe don't know where to start. What would be your, like, big piece of advice to someone who's just kind of, like, dipping their toes into trying to figure out a plan that works for them? I mean, it's really overwhelming, but... You know, my first step approach for anyone who's starting this out is the three day plan. And I don't want you to have to do this all in a weekend. I want you to do this over the course of a couple months. So what does it look like to have three days of water for everyone in your household, um, three days of food and sort of like uh, temperature adjustment stuff, whether it's the Mylar blankets or the battery powered fans to keep you comfortable? And who are you going to reach out to and where are you going to go if you have to leave and evacuate? And how are you going to know how to get there Mm -hmm. if we don't have say google maps and stuff like that so it can be really simple it can be just like printing out maps that have a couple of points of interest like your house your friend's house and your mom's house and stashing that somewhere so fema has a list of what every household should have for three days but pretty much prepare to have no food no water no electricity what would you need that's going to make you not only safe but comfortable and happy. How are you going to entertain yourself? Who are your people? Who's your network? So, um, you know, but I'd start with the water first. That's the most important thing. I've got, I've got a few cases in my closet. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Like even, I think the entertainment part is interesting because I immediately went to like deck of cards. Like, yeah, I could just play solitaire and I love playing cards anyway. So I found the book. It's called Training for Catastrophe by Lindsay Thomas, Fictions of National Security after 9-11. Wow. That's my that's on my reading list now. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll include it in the show notes. Thank you. So can we talk about like some of the different narratives that you found talking to people um, kind of bringing this conversation like what? Where are people at that are engaging in the disaster girl magic space? Are they, because I feel like it can be very, a mixed bag, right? Of the people like, because I feel like sometimes I kind of lean towards like, almost like excited for collapse, which is kind like, it's dark, but it's just like, if it's gonna come, let's do it. Is it, where's, where are people like landing um, in your space in terms of like, fear um denial excitement like yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of okay what's the energy that people bring what's the energy that people bring to your yeah so i'm gonna cover the range but i'm gonna end on the positive note so i'm gonna start with the most challenging stuff 
So there are people who are insanely triggered, possibly by what they're going through in life, that I'm talking about this stuff at all. They think it's stoking fears. This even thinking about not being safe um, is very challenging. So I'm obsessed with cognitive fallacies, especially one called the just world fallacy. And Mm. I think that is a textbook definition of why people are uncomfortable with thinking that the world is not set up to give them exactly what they need if they followed all the rules. And it also um, prevents us from feeling full compassion for people who are suffering. It's like, oh, well, they should have known better or they should have moved out of there. Why didn't they evacuate? Um, You know, we look at and judge ourselves by our own um, intent. And then we look at everyone else and we, you know, look at their impact and we judge that. So we are already at a deficiency with empathy and then the just world fallacy just stacks on top of that. So some people have very visceral, um, challenging feelings with me just even talking about this stuff. That's one group of people. The next group of people are people are like, I'm glad you're talking about this stuff, but you're not doing it right. Mm. Because I've been in other communities where it's like, you're supposed to get guns. You're supposed to um, not tell anyone because, you know, there's an immutable sort of disaster prep rule that, you know, someone bigger and better is just going to come steal your stuff. You know, and my response to that is if everyone's disaster prepped, we don't need to steal from each other. We can just help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just get connect people with what they need. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of people who um, have sort of digested the propaganda that disaster preppers are crazy. And so they're, they're eating their popcorn. They want to see how crazy I am and what I'm going to do to confirm their biases around preppers. And sometimes I let those people down because I'm only sort of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very palatable crazy. Yeah, it's palatable. (laughs) I'm crazy with a sweater and a ponytail. (laughs) Yeah. It's like lip gloss crazy. It's like yeah. crazy. <laughs> Just a silly, goofy beard. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are people who are highly interested and are like, oh, uh, you know, these are great tips. How do I incorporate this into my life? That's like realistic and relatable. Yeah. Um, and then there are other like hyper enthusiasts who are actually still dropping knowledge on me. And uh, I'm learning from as well. So, you know, I'm not all done as a disaster prepper. This is a journey I'm going on. I invite people to come with me. (laughs) And there are some things I'm learning and some things I'm failing at. Uh, Number one, uh, trying to learn how to garden in my apartment and overcome my natural black thumb. So I'm trying to make things, you know. So there are some things I'm struggling with. I can't do everything. And that's part of why we need the community. We need different people with different talents to come together and support each other through everything. Uh, Yeah, it's true. I'm going to aligning yourself with a good with a good uh, green thumb. I'm going to I'm going to throw in a tip for for green thumb that I think is pretty accessible for almost anybody. And it if you it'll be impossible to kill your plants. Uh, do a worm compost. Um, that shit, it will just make your plants lose their mind. Lose their mind. They're, it's very fertile. Yeah, yeah. like, because I, I was never that good at gardening, and then I started having worms, and then my plants, I they lost, like, 
I learned it in a class in college. I took an agriculture gardening class and there were like seven plots of land and they all had different fertilizations and we were weeding them. And the one that had the highest uh, weeds, probably about like three to five times more than everything else. I was like, what did you do to this plot? And they said, that's vermicompost. And that was sold. Mm. And then I've been doing it ever since. And like that, it can get stinky, but like if you're growing food and you want a lot of like fruit to bear and harvest, like worms, that's that 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 was a game changer for me. So wow. So your disaster prep tip is do the worm. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Invest in worms. Yes. It's so funny. I've already been talking about worms a lot this week because like I just like found this guy's TikTok post and he was just like did anybody else like read the Bible to worms in their home when they were a child? I saw that. <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, I, this was my fun activity. I was like, I would hold worm church. Yeah, worch. I think he called it worch. <laughs> and I was like, worch. I used to have like bug hotels. Like I used to like have like amenities and like spas <laughs> until my parents found it. And that was a problem. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bummer. The worm church. <laughs> um, I just, if you could speak a little bit on like what it's like navigating these spaces that I think when most people think of Prepper, mm. I don't know. I imagine, mm. I imagine the couple from Tremors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if you see with like, um, but very white, very straight, very male. Like, what is mm-hmm. it like? Very aggressive uh, as well. Mm, like, very aggressive. <laughs> very, very, like, genuinely fear-mongering yeah. in many yeah. cases. What is it like to navigate those spaces, and what does it look like to carve out your own space? Mm. I mean, it's... Um, you know, I'm not afraid of opposition, so I've had lots of oppositional moments. Um, but... You know, even in the rural space, I am actually finding there are some preppers who have this sort of community perspective as well. So I think it's just sort of connecting the dots. Um, you know, in any timeline we can imagine, there's always going to be bad players. If, if, if yeah. things are good, if things are bad. And a disaster doesn't have to be like the world is melting. It could be a personal disaster. You know, it could be, you know, I, I lost my job and now I have to rely on my food storage to sort of get through. Um, but so far, I say it's it's been fun. It's This is really exciting. I'm following what is good and exciting for me in this journey. Um, and if I can help someone else, if I can help one person, I mean, I would kind of die happy. But not die, because I'm a survivor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna live forever. (laughs) Um, What? Okay, I guess then is is there any other like lasting things that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Any like advice or tips or fun thing that you've learned, like tidbit that you've learned? And what can we expect? Might be helpful. uh, What are you looking forward to in uh, the evolution of Disaster Girl Magic? I mean, I have so many ideas in the works for like things I want to do um, with this, you know, platform, I guess, that I'm building. Some of them just fun and exciting. You know what I mean? If a real disaster happened in my area, I'm actually putting together the right tools in place to be like a ham radio DJ. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm I'm gonna be Incredible. ready to broadcast, <laughs> including you know. Bio. Future ham radio. DJ. I'd re- I'd read a book about oh that. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> about dis- dispatches from the oh. end. Yeah, <laughs> like the so I actually know so good. It. Oh my God! That just made me feel some type of way. <laughs> so I actually have um, been a DJ as well as you know a designer and all these kind of other jobs I've had for twenty years. I've been DJing, so I have a lot of offline music. So you know the end of the world is gonna sound great. Oh. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, Can't wait. Oh my god. I didn't yeah. I didn't know I needed that's that. But like I yeah. feel that's, so much that that's very, so much very, comfort. It's very comfort yeah, it's very comforting to know that uh at the end of it all we'll we'd be able to tune into your frequency. We're gonna be rocking the blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I went um, to school for uh radio production and that's one thing that they would say. They were just like radio's gonna outlive it all, everything else is going down, but we'll just be left with radio and yeah. you took that and fucking yes, we will so yeah, the yassifying of the end times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So hey, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go down, we might as well look good yeah. doing it. Yeah, Dancing. and then I'll start taking requests as well. You know what I mean? It'll be it'll yeah. be our thing. It'll be our thing. <laughs> our radio. <Yeah. laughs> but as I love it, you know, as I get deeper into this, I am seeing places where we need awareness and advocacy, and so I'm feeling the calling there as well. Um, mm-hmm. One of those areas is definitely. Um, FEMA's flood maps like if the water did rise like um a bunch of feet like what do those maps even look like um they started an initiative uh I think 1967 to sort of like plan and record those maps but they've only done it to like a third of the rivers in America and so I'm sort of preparing myself how do I get more people on board with this like how do we get FEMA to finish this project and, uh, you know, right. improve the data that they're looking at to sort of, you know, it shouldn't all be historical. You know, some of it should be current. So it's like how many once in a century floods can we go through in a life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the New York so, Times released it, released some sort of like privatized update of a flood map. Right. Because we don't have anything. And then we saw. It's mostly from insurance companies. Uh-huh. Honestly. Yeah. Like the flood map that I saw, I was just like, well, oh, that's a lot different than uh, what I saw before. So, OK. <laughs> like, Things change yeah. like the, the path of water and water levels change. Like there's even a few cases where like somebody built a bridge and then like the river moved. You know? Mm. <laughs> mm. Cool. Well, what's Very really cool. interesting, so like, I... what they do in New Orleans that I noticed um, is they have a decent, like, record of that. So they'll say, like, check out Katrina footage and, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Katrina, like, archival to see where that does flood in your area. Yeah, we have a we have a floodplain map um, that you can, that's, like important to look at before you rent a new place like yeah. before you or like because mostly it's like I know a lot of people who have lost their cars mm-hmm. to flooding mm-hmm. um, or have had like uh, you know in some areas it's even well, like yeah. caused water damage one in their thing, house one like, thing that I learned living in New Orleans is the neutral ground parking that I don't I've never really experienced that living anywhere else but there'll be uh, you can talk more about it but there's neutral ground advisories where you will 
The city will tell you you can park in the neutral ground so your car doesn't mm-hmm. flood because it's it's raised ground. Neutral, yeah, for people outside of New Orleans, neutral ground is just another word here for median. Wow. You can park on the median. Wow. Yeah, because it's raised, it's raised. Yeah. So me, the median is also a lot of green space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually not paved over, and so and it's a little bit higher than anything else on the road because it's in the center. And so um, anytime there's going to be like a projected... Uh, rainfall over a certain amount. Uh, they uh, raise the restrictions on the neutral ground, and people can move their cars to high ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. also in New York, I want to talk about apartment fires. So mm-hmm. you know, we have Ooh. fire codes, right? Um, but then there's exceptions to fire codes. So if like a landlord buys a building that was like pre-war, like he doesn't have to meet fire codes. So I am putting together a list of things to look for when you're renting an apartment that are not up to fire code so that you can choose better when you're renting a place or petition for helpful. improvements. Yeah. Um, you know, things like scissor stairs, you know, that are like kind of hard to understand uh, if you're not an engineer I'm trying to like break it down for like just anybody to understand so they know if the place that they're moving into or currently live in is actually even safe by the lowest common denominator standards mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's important yeah Beautiful. all right I think it is time to go to the bro business yeah, bro. bro business with Rio. bro book review oh <laughs> Bro Book Reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. This this is a really interesting pick, um, especially for what we were talking about. (laughs) What did you do? It's called Effortless. (laughs) (laughs) Who's it by? Kuhn. And I love this book because... It tells okay. us we should take naps. Um, and if you've been Love listening it. to this podcast for a while, you know that I take a nap pretty much every day. It's just part of the process at this point. But, um, yeah, it's this idea of the harder you kind of force things, it's just going to grind you down and you're going to burn out. And there was this mm-hmm. frame of thought that I really enjoyed uh, where it was talking about don't overexert yourself in one day that it's going to take you an entire day to recover. And then expanding that, don't overexert yourself in a week that it's going to take yourself like a week to like recover. Oh, Kayleen's making faces. Called out. I've called out. <laughs> I mean, I have I, severe ADHD, so I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel attacked. I'm a wedding planner. Oh. I, I'm spent. I'm about to go into an event in that I'm going to be there for at least like twelve hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, I, Kayleen. You do build in time for yourself where you will. I you do. have like your on days, and then you have your recovery days, and you know that. Yeah. So. Um, I know. I know. I know what I can handle and what I can't. Because I mean, just even with traveling and shooting production and stuff like that, I know. I have to take time off or else I will be useless. I can try, but then I'll just be fried. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So, mm. Well, it sounds like this also kind of maybe reflects back to what you were do- talking about in your vibe mm-hmm. check about like, trying you to were, it sounds like you were efforting, mm-hmm. efforting a lot into trying to make this trip happen because it's something you've wanted to do for a long time, but it wasn't flowing. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah and then today um, I knew today was gonna be a great day it's kind of like with with you Tiffany you did like an anxiety thing yesterday had like an anxiety (laughs) conversation so did I and I was like yesterday sucks but tomorrow's gonna be great and it's tomorrow and it was it's a fucking great day I'm having a great day because I did the hard thing so I think just listening to your body and anything that's like Oh, and then uh, he talks about Marie Kondo, which I love her so much. Mm. I really think that there's so much, like, joy that can be brought in just making your workspace zen, making it feel Mm. fun. So he talks about, like, what do you need to do that will make work enjoyable for you? Um, You know, is it, like, yummy snacks? Is it candles? Is it getting stoned? Um, Is it listening to, like, good music? (laughs) Is it taking stretching breaks, taking nice walks, um, and really just... Having natural uh light. Natural light is a big big thing for me in workspace. Um, And and, and putting that into... Because if you have to spend so much time doing it, you might as well make it effortless. And I know I talk about this on the pod before. If you're having a day and you're just tired... I say just give it 30% and that's it. Just be like, I'm going to give it 30% today and Mm. see what you get done. And then a lot of times it's a lot better than if you're like, I'm going to go 100. And then you just like go down when you start low. You start with the bar low (laughs) and then see where you end up because you're relaxing and you're giving yourself space. One of my personal mantras is anything worth doing is worth doing half-ass. And that's what gets me through it. (laughs) Yes, Yes, I love that. Just like start messy because the idea of giving anything 100% besides a goddamn orgasm, I'm not interested. Mm. Not. No. Really, that's Mm -hmm. the only thing I can give 100%. I'm going to come hard. And that's all I can say. Exactly. Cool. Very All good. Right. All right. Well, this is a this is one of the rare positive bro business bro book yeah. reviews. We've been having we've had a few I've, of them. It's been good on um, my end. I'd rather. I feel read. like this might. I feel like this might be the first positive bro book review that's been written by yeah. a man. Aww. All the ones you've liked before have been not really yeah. bro books. Yeah. <laughs> not all They're men. just lady books. <laughs> that are, not all men. <laughs> this guy, Greg. Greg's okay. Greg says take a nap. <laughs> Love it. I think naps are Excellent. revolutionary. Uh-huh. I think rest is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I think we've demonized rest. Mm-hmm. I think we have this like grind uh-huh. set, which is just counterproductive. Oh, yeah. Well, how much of how much of like capitalism is just like making sure we're exhausted so we're too tired to question shit or resist and i think some of that is externally put on us and some of it comes mm -hmm. from inside of us from societal pressures and the collective how we were raised like the collective unconscious you know my parents came here and had to survive now my job is to throw that away and figure out how to thrive yeah yeah, it's that's your legacy. I'm 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 first gen also, and and having these conversations with my dad, like I think they're changing now. But at first, it was just like frugality, hard work, value and work, like make sure blah blah blah. And I'm just like, but what if I just want to have like an easy life? Ta- having that conversation with somebody who's never had an easy life, like it's just like yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Um, all right, Tiffany, where can we find you? What are your plugs? Right now, you can find me on TikTok. Um, If you're not the type of person who downloads TikTok, I feel bad for you. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> so just on TikTok at Disaster Girl Magic, spelled the normal way, no fancy letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm growing, and there'll be more things to come later. Beautiful. So exciting. Go for yeah. it, Kayleen. Um, listeners, you can find me at Swamp Witch. Uh, with four eyes on Instagram. It, that's my personal account, and it's mostly going to be Mardi Gras updates. Um, we are, and, and then you can find me at my candle business at Candles Unincorporated on Instagram. We're going to be dropping a mini batch for Valentine's mm. Day. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, that'll be happening uh, in the next week or so. Uh, and you can find the podcast at entrepaqueers.com or entrepaqueers.podcast on Instagram. Uh, all Yay. right. So find me on uh, TikTok and Instagram. And I, since I'm going to be around, I'm going to be a lot more involved uh, with the business. I'm not dropping off. So I'm really excited. I feel it feels feeling good. So uh, catch me at. Uh, the fake.guru on TikTok and Instagram and fakeguru.me for the website uh, and any sort of blog updates and you can sign up for my email newsletter there as well. Um, thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming in. Thank you. And have a gay I sure day. will. <laughs>